Okay, good evening, everyone. We got the recording to work. Baruch Hashem. Okay, so we're in the middle of Simon Tzadi Beis. We're up to Sifches. And we began the halachic discussion of Zeya. We're going to call it Hilcha Zeya, the halachis of steam. The most obvious example of where this might come up in a kitchen is one's oven. And we'll get to microwaves as well. So just a quick review. The Mishnah in Machshirin said that the Zeya, the steam coming from a body of water that was Tame, it wasn't a mikvah, it was a Tame body of water. The steam is also Metame. It has the same status as the liquid inside of it. And we mentioned that this Mishnah is a is a uh, important Mishnah in the world of, of Zeya when it comes to figuring out if the steam of something or the evaporation of a product has the same status. We spoke about chametz and many other halachas that have to do with this. But for now, we're just simply dealing with the transfer of taste. Is there a transfer of taste by the method of Zeya by steaming up? And what was the example? So the Shulchan Aruch quotes the Rush. The, the Rush brings this example as an application of this Mishnah. That if you're cooking, uh, you have a pot of of uh, of milchiks, a kira. Sorry, you have a machva shechalav. This is in sifches, and you put it underneath a kedera shabaser, underneath a pot of meat, and the steam rises. It goes into the top pot, and it makes it usher. That's the Rush, and that is quoted. Uh, as the Shulchan, by the Shulchan Aruch has normative halacha that we assume the zeh, the steam coming from the bottom pot, uh, hits the top pot and now makes it usher. If the top pot is fleshiks and the bottom pot is mochiks, the steam goes into the top pot and makes it uh, and makes it trade, makes it basubhalav. That is the psak of the Shulchan Aruch. The obvious question on the the, the rush is mentioned by many Yachorinim, and that is, we have Gemaras and Shas that talk about ovens, that talk about cooking things together, and there never seems to be a problem of Zeya. Why is that? Why is why does the Gemara ignore the obvious issue of Zeya, if Zeya indeed is a problem? And therefore, the Mishnah Yaakov took the most extreme approach by saying that Zeya is not a concern in the world of Basa B'chalav, in the world of Esavahatu. Don't compare he was the only one that said that. Other Rechorinim had different uh, maybe Zaya goes up, doesn't come down. Maybe if there's room for the for the steam to to go to go uh, off off route and not go straight up, ventilation or open space, maybe that wouldn't be a problem. Many different uh, approaches in in in, in, in the in maybe only dealing with steam coming from a liquid, not from a solid. We have all different types of approaches trying to figure out how how to how to uh, understand where, where, what the Gemara means. Is there a Gemara concern for Zeya? How come the Gemara doesn't mention it? Yet the Mishnah tells us that the Zeya is like the, the body of water. So how to reconcile the two, we have many different approaches in Halacha. Now, based on that, we're going to jump to Halacha Lamaisa this week. So Halacha Lamaisa, now that we have all these different opinions, how to reconcile the Mishnah in Machshirin with all the Gemaras and Shas. So you're going to see that in the world of Psak Halacha, there are many different opinions of how a person should uh, should conduct kashras in their kitchen. What? How do we define a kosher kitchen when it comes to ovens? So we're going to speak about a few different approaches. The most extreme machmir approach would say, let's just have two ovens. You have two ovens, one for milchiks, one for fleshiks. If uh, you're able to afford a third oven for uh, power, right, even better. So have three, two or three different ovens and you don't have to deal with any of these problems. That might be the most uh, strict approach. To the most lenient approach would be, as we mentioned uh, last week, that some Achorinim say that if the, if the uh, oven is ventilated, 
that is considered that the uh, that the uh, zeya has where to escape, and he can rely on the aruch hashulchan. And therefore, as long as your oven is clean, you could use your oven zeacharzem. Most of us wouldn't do that, but that's the most lenient approach. And I think what most people do lies somewhere in between the strict approach of having two different ovens or kashering in between to uh, in between that and the lenient approach of just simply waiting uh, after eating after milk, just wait till till the oven is clean and subsequently use it for flashings. So let's learn the strict approach for a few minutes. We're going to just see the different uh, ways a Paisik would tell someone, meaning this Rav or Paisik is taking Zaya very seriously. The Shulchan Aruch says, Zaya is a problem, and therefore you cannot use an oven for both milchas and Fleishiks. So Rabbi, what do I do? I do not have two ovens. What do I do? So the first thing he might say is double wrap. If you double wrap your uh, your you know, one of them, for example, let's say you have a fleshig oven. He'll say, keep your oven as fleshigs, because most of the time you need fleshigs. And every time you're going to cook milchigs in it or bake milchigs, simply double wrap it. Now, double wrapping helps because even if the oven is not clean, the non-kosher or the, or the fleshigs will simply go on the outside, the foil that's on top of the pan. And once it's on that, it's not going to go into the actual 9 by 13 pan because the pan is a different kalim, and that's called shnei kalim. We learned that last week. The Ramah says shnei kalim, that shenagu zubazu, it doesn't answer each other, and therefore double wrapping would not be an issue, and that will be fine. I would just point out, many times people think about double wrapping something. They take a long piece of foil and wrap it twice. So one could debate, and I'll be pastures, that's not a double wrapping. That's one, that's one cover. It's a thick cover, but... It's not called two kalim because if you assume the blia goes into the foil, it would just go all the way around and straight into the food. It would have to be you make a cut, and you actually use two different pieces of foil to double wrap. So how, how airtight does it have to be? I mean, that that zeo that, that. that can't escape. The steam into can't escape. Yeah, it's wrapped very well for sure. For this, for this, for this. Meaning, if someone's taking Zaya very seriously, they all this mama's trafe, and they go into a, they go into a uh, uh, either a trafe kitchen. Which the truth is, you can do the same thing. You double wrap it. You might be want to be a little more careful, or even if they're using their fleshik uh, oven for a milchik uh, lasagna, if they double wrap and they know that that nothing uh, didn't nothing opened up, it was sealed shut, then there will be no problem. Okay, now if you do this, there really is no issue. Obviously, you have to make sure it's double wrapped, not simply uh, you know missing 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 parts or or uh, just one foil wrapped around. It has to be double wrapped. That's one thing to consider. And of course, the old discussion we had previously, way back in the beginning of of Hilchas Basar and that is that if you're using a treif oven, you might run into a shaila if it's dirty that you're actually cooking Basar B'chalav when you're when you're putting you go to an Airbnb, you rent out an apartment somewhere. For a vacation or a rental, and now you're making your, your you close your food and you're just double you double wrap put it in the oven. You might be cooking basim b'chalav. So we gave different heterim back when we learned that, but that would be a, the only other consideration. Now, what if a person only uses one covering? They don't double wrap. They want to just use one wrapping. They're not into double wrapping. So you might have several concerns. Number one, if the oven is not clean, so then if you have food on the bottom of the oven. Let's say someone just cooked ribs, okay? And they spilled half half of the sauce. You have flesh sauce on the bottom of the pan. And now someone else wanted 
leftover macaroni and cheese from, from the day before. So, okay, you wrap it once, you put it, in the, put it in the oven, everything should be fine. If there's sauce on the bottom of the oven, that sauce will create zaya, and that's the machaber's case. That's the shochanar's case. We have zaya on the bottom of the oven going up. So in a dira or in a very, in a commercial oven where, you know, in a restaurant where, where you have schmutz, you have shumon, you have fat on the bottom of the oven that, that itself could steam up, then one covering is not going to help you because that's that's the case of the rush where you have two pots and the bottom pot is steaming up straight into the top pot. So that's concern number one. Make sure it's clean. If you're only using one wrap, make sure it's clean. And then uh, additionally, you can have well, another question. It's a very good wrap. Like it's it's something like sometimes one wrap could be better than a double wrap. A cover could be better than a yeah theory. For, yeah, from the from the bottom thing. But let's but here we're dealing with the, the other way. You have Zaya coming from the bottom of the oven. Someone spilled a slice of pizza on the bottom of the oven. Let's assume pizza has Zaya. So the Zaya is coming up, and now you put a pan of chicken. Now, the chicken is, is just a 9 by 13 pan, foil pan, with a one foil covering on top. The steam is going to go to the bottom of the pan. Now, you could figure that out. You, put, you, could, you could wrap it again, have a double wrapping, but you didn't. You had one, one so pan. A double, so double wrap really is around the whole pan. Not just the top. Correct, correct. Some people think you put two things on the top, and that's not what it means. It doesn't help. No, it doesn't help. It doesn't, doesn't help. help. It's, it's, a, it's a double pad. Now, it would help you for a different case. Let's say someone in your in your house, uh, you, have a, you have a goita, she wants treif. She wants you to cook treif for her, okay? Not bas bachala. She wants you to warm up her uh, shrimp, okay? So now I have kosher oven. I don't want your shrimp in my oven. So in that case, as long as you wrapped it once, Right, so maybe you should double wrap the top so that no steam goes out. But as long as no steam actually went out, there's no concern. You don't need to double wrap it because I don't care about bleeds going into her shrimp. I care about the shrimp coming out. So the the covering helps that the blea doesn't go out, but it won't help the blea coming in because we learned in the beginning of Simon Sadi Bees if you have a tipa schalav shenafla ala kadera, it goes in. You know, right? Pesha special is definitely going to go in. Okay, you have other questions regarding using just one covering. For example, if you if you're using the oven for two things at the same time, let's say you have chicken and someone else you have chicken in the oven and someone else wants a milchik thing to be wrapped uh, to, to to be warmed up as well at the same time. So there, bidiyever, it would be fine. Uh, what do you call it? If if uh, if if it wasn't a liquid, once it's a liquid. You're running into problems because you're going to have chicken that has a sauce. That sauce is going to steam up. It's going to create zea, and that's going to go into this one wrapped, uh, only single wrapped item, and you would have an issue. So in that case, you definitely want to do a double wrapping if you're putting something in at the same time that that the other one is being done. Now there might be a din lechatzila not to do that. We're not going to get into that now, but that would there's a concern of spills. So you have to figure out if there really is a concern for spills taking place, it's definitely better to avoid doing that by using an oven at the same time simultaneously for both milchiks and fleshiks. Uh, for power of a milchik, that'll be fine, or power of fleshiks, you want to keep something power, that's fine to wrap it, but for milchiks and fleshiks, it's always better to avoid putting it in the oven at the same time. Okay. Another etza in the strict approach, again, the strict approach holds that the zay, like this says in Shochanar, zay is a problem, and therefore you cannot use an oven for both milchiks and fleshiks. So we gave... Two possible eights. Eight number one is get a second oven. Eight number two is to cover the other one. Use it for fleshics and you'll cover for milchics. Eight number three is to kasher. Kasher in between basar and chalav. 
this comes up, let's say the nine days or Shavuos, let's say someone, they know most of the year they never really need to use their oven for milkshakes. So they have one oven for flayshakes and milkshakes they'll make in a toaster, they'll make in a pizza maker. They never really need an oven for milkshakes. However, Shavuos or, or uh, Hanukkah or nine days, they're making a lot of milkshakes. That's when they'll think about kashering their oven. So number one, we mentioned this earlier, there's a minog brought down in the Magan of Ram, not to kasher back and forth from flayshakes to milkshakes. When we learned that, we discussed several heterim for ovens. And one of them, if you remember, was that we're not so sure how ovens become trade from the first place. So that might, now, now that we learned this sugya, we understand that even though perhaps there's a minog, the Aruch HaShokhan says there's no minog, but let's say there is a minog, not to kasha back and forth, we can understand why by ovens we can, we can ignore this minog because it's not so, not so clear that this oven is, you know, mamish needs kashering. We have many heterim as we learned last week. Okay, well, let's see. If you're kashering, you're ignoring this minog, or you say it's so expensive, there's no minog, but Malcolm Hefsid. How do I kasher my oven? So, very often people confuse the, the two types of koshering. And it's important to point out that there's, there's koshering when we kasher from treif, and koshering when we kasher from, as the Gemara refers it to, call, what's called heterobala, where the oven, let's say the oven, we're going to call Zaya a regular blia. It didn't become treif. It's milchix. Is milchix kosher? Yes, milchix is kosher. This is something called heterabala. And the Gemara in Zvachim learns from Neusser and other places that when it when we have a, uh, the status of heterabala, where the blia is coming from heter, it's fleshix, it's milchix, it's heter. There's a machoikas in the Rishonim. If chametz before Pesach is heter or iser, very important machoikas. But we pass in Lechumra that it's that it's a isurabala. But when it comes to heterabala, we could be more makel as far as how to kasher. I'm just giving you that as a, as an introduction. That when it's heterabala, we could rely on a more lenient kashering because I'm not making this from treif to kosher. I'm taking it from milchix to parv. Not a big deal. Or from uh, I don't know whatever the case is. Chalas uh, chutzlars. Taking it from from uh, something that's not really usher to neutral status. But if there's Isura Bala, if this was trade, you bought an oven on Craigslist, you're cashing a hotel, uh, you know, for a Shabbaton, then you have Isura Bala, you need a much higher level of cashing. So in Halacha, this is called Libun Gamur versus Libun Kal. When you're dealing with Isura Bala, and let's give the example of a pizza oven. We had this in Minneapolis. A fellow bought a pizza oven from a non-Jew. Now, a pizza oven, you put the pizza directly on the oven floor on the stone. So let's assume the dough was treif. Okay, you could argue, but there's, there's uh, pepperoni and meat and milk, all types of things in the pizza. That would be called isura bala. And therefore, that stone needs libun gamar. You have to heat up the stone to 900 degrees or put it through a self-clean cycle in an oven. And that is how you've uh, kashered when it comes to uh, isura bala. When it comes to hetera bala, all you need to do is libun kal. Libun kal, the place can discuss what exactly that means. It probably needs yatsa leathers by from both sides. In an oven, we say 400 degrees for an hour should work, maybe a little longer. Libun kal is a much lower level of kashring, and that's all you need when it comes to when it comes to uh, heterobala. So just to give you an example of a machlekes regarding Pesach, there's a famous machlekes between Aaron Cutler and Ramosha Feinstein. Uh, that regarding kashering an oven for Pesach. 
So I remember I once asked Ravelski, a little foolish, I asked him, he used to say that Ramosha said you can't rely on on, uh, on heating up the oven to the highest temperature. So I said, is it true that Ramosha said you have to self-clean your oven? So he said, no, they didn't have self-clean ovens in the time of Ramosha's uh, chuvas. But he every Shabbos HaGadol Drasha, he would say, in order to capture your oven, you need to put in an insert. You need to use an insert for Pesach. You cannot rely on turning on the oven to the highest setting. That is not called kashering for Pesach. Rav Aaron Cutler, on the other hand, said, no, you could turn on the oven to the highest setting for an hour, 90 minutes, that's how you cash for Pesach. Now, if you have a self-clean oven, so then, assuming you don't break your oven when you do that, if you have a self-clean oven, so then you, according to most pricing, if it's a regular standard self-clean oven, you've done Libun Gummer. Now, what's the Machlechus of Aaron or of Moshe? So, number one, First of all, is chametz heterabala or isurabala? If chametz before Pesach is heterabala, I don't need libun gomer. If it's if it's uh, if it's isurabala, if it's iser because it's chametz, even right. So then you need to have a, a full fledged kasher. Now this was not the machlekes. This is a machlekes found in the Ramah. He brings down the two shitos. The Mishnah says b'shasat chak you can rely on the on the mekel shito, but that wasn't what Aaron was saying. Aaron was saying something totally different, and he's saying that our ovens. To use the example of the pizza oven again, our ovens do not become usser like the pizza ovens or the ovens of yesteryear. What does that mean? When it comes to kashering, there's a concept called, what called kebayla kachpoltoi, or in English, the way it's used, that's the way you have to kasher it. So what does that mean? A An oven or a pizza oven, to be specific, the food is directly on the uh, on the keli. Therefore, in order to kasher, you need to use aish directly on the keli. If there was a liquid medium, let's say a pot, you have a stock pot, and you use it for chametz, now you want to kasher it for, or use it for treif, now you want to use it for kosher. So you need to do hagala. You use water, because it was it, it was uh, used for treif with liquid, so you have to use a liquid to kasher it. So, of our color held, that the way we use our ovens, there's what, what are you concerned for? You're concerned for zea? Zea is steam rising. That, that's a liquid. So there would be no reason, even if you hold it, it's the Bal, even let's say Pesach, there's no reason to require Libun Gummer. All you need is Hagala. Now, you're not going to put your oven in boiling water, but Libun Kal gets you to where Hagala needs to get. And therefore... Well, what is it? Okay, so oil gets hotter than water, right? Still, Chazal told us that... Uh, what is enough? What is enough? 212. Once, once it's boiling, it's fine. Ma'ala Resicha, yeah. That's a good question. We go to popcorn companies, so you're kashering from milchiks to par. The milchiks was caramel. Caramel could get up to 400 degrees. But uh, yeah, we kasher with 212. That's all we need. That's, that's what Chazal tell us. Now, so with, with that background, you could understand why some are hesitant to kasher ovens. They don't like kashering because kashering, maybe you need uh, you need to do real libun. But the truth is, we're dealing with heterobala. You're dealing from milchiks to fleshiks. There is one other issue, perhaps, that an oven is klicheres. Maybe the oven has you know, porcelain, enamel in it. It might have a din of klicheres. But at the end of the day, there are many poiskim that, primigadim and others, that hold that libun ka would work on klicheres. And we're dealing with heterobala. And therefore, even the poiskim, many of the poiskim that are machmer, that we have to take zeya seriously, will be make that if you do some type of kashering, it's fine. Not only that, they'll even be make on a ben yoyma. Not everyone, but they'll be make on a ben yoyma. So if you ask me, personally, I would say, yeah, as long as you're kashering, as long as it's clean, so you clean the oven, physically that it's clean, and you turn it on uh, to leave on cow temperatures. I just tell people, highest setting for 90 minutes, because by the time they turn it on and it gets hot, usually you get an hour on the highest setting. So that's why I just tell people, highest setting for 90 minutes, that would be a way to do leave on cow. And 
and and, uh, and then you could use your oven for from fleshiks, you know, to milchiks. So that's in the chumra uh, shitas. Just to um, just to go to the to the to the extreme opposite, what we said was the uh, those that held that as long as you're not cooking at the same time and it's relatively clean, since there's ventilation in the ovens, so there wouldn't be any, wouldn't be any issue to use it zach or zach. Now the in between shitas, that's when you get a little uh, more creative. Some learn that since we don't really understand this whole zaya business, how how we reconcile all the gemaras, so therefore if it's an ena ben yoimoy, you don't have to worry about it. So they'll uh, make pizza on Matzah Shabbos after having used the uh, oven on Friday, you know, for Friday night meal. They'll be making like that. Um, additionally, some place can, I know Rabbi First from Chicago, they're only concerned for, you know, mamish, you know, li- liquids. We spoke about this last week, that the Prima Godim, the way he understood the Gemara was that if it's a liquid, then there's Zaya. If it's not a liquid, there's no Zaya on, on solids. Rabbi Misha was, Concerned that you know, we're not bekiim what's called you know what's what's called zayah or not, and he said if it's definitely a solid you know like bread, so that we, that would be okay. But once you're not sure, then unless you know that you haven't seen steam, then you should be concerned that there is zayah. That's Rav Moshe's psak. There's different versions of what he said, but that's that's the basic understanding. Rabbi first is, is more makel, and he says that as long as it's not a real liquid, you could be makel. Why is that? Because as we mentioned a few times, this whole concept of Zeya is unclear how it, we take from Tumat Tahara and apply it uh, directly to Isser And therefore, you have this Heter of the Primagadim. Let's rely on the Primagadim. So as long as it's not a liquid, it will be fine. And I've asked him several Shilas over the years. One of them was pizza. So sometimes you'll have a case where someone just used the oven for Fleshiks and or they're using the oven for, for a dry Fleshiks and they're using... The same oven, they're using it, uh, they put a pizza in there. The question is, do we just trafe it up? So I first hold that that uh, on a bidiyavid level, and he's not saying to do this, but bidiyavid, he would say even pizza, as long as there's no liquid. A little bit of sauce is not called a liquid. A soup that's being warmed up, or a gravy, that's liquid. But um, just a little bit of, of, uh, of moisture, even sauce in a pizza, he said that would not be considered zeya when it comes to b'diavet shaylus the chatchilo. We would never tell. He said I would never tell someone to do that if you have a fleishig oven kasher before you put the pizza in. But if someone did put the pizza in, you know matzayantif, in their uh, haste for uh, they took out the frozen pizza and they put it in, or they or they wait online and they want to warm it up to, to finish baking it and they put it into the fleishig oven and it was a ben yarmi. They just cooked stuff, uh, you know, over there. So in that case, he would say b'diavet. You could you could rely that the pizza is not a liquid. And as long as the oven was clean, you're not. There's no zaya coming from this this pizza. Okay, jumping to microwave ovens. So, microwave ovens in general is a fascinating topic in halacha. There's a discussion on Shabbos. Is that is there rice of bishul on Shabbos? Is that similar to bishul b'chama? We even touched upon this when we spoke about bishul of basar b'chalav. Would someone violate bishul deraisa by microwaving, you know, milk and meat together? There's a question regarding bishul akum. We spoke about the Dunkin' Donuts and eggs. But for now, let's discuss Blias. So someone asked me a shayla last, uh, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday, right before Mincha. Someone came over to me and he said that he took French fries from a Fleischig restaurant, a local Fleischig restaurant. Now, even if you hold, you don't have to wait six hours, which we, we spoke about that. Everyone agrees that these fries, if they were deep fried in the same deep fryer as chicken, then this is considered uh, meat. So he took 
French fries. It was called sweet potato fries. And he put them in a bowl, in a ceramic bowl, milchik bowl, ben yoyme bowl, he just ate soup, uh, hot milchik soup in it. Put the bowl in the microwave with these uh, fries and he heated it up. So he got me very excited. I wasn't really able to dive in a uh, mincha. I was thinking about all different, uh, different um, eitzes to try to be makel. But right after Mincha, the mashkiach who works at this restaurant walked in and I asked him, he said, no, we haven't used that oil for, for chicken in a few weeks. Um, it's only been fries. So helped him out to ruin the shayla. Now, one of the, we'll talk about some aspects of the shayla later on when we talk about how a blia goes from a food to a keli without sauce. Uh, just to get hard to talk about it for a second, we're going to learn that if something is a dry food, so we learned just now, there's something called shnei kalim, that if I have a pot and another pot, they touch each other, even if they're both hot, it doesn't answer unless there's a blia in between. What about food? Does food go into the keli without a liquid? Okay? So, an example, wild example, uh, everyone knows that we can't drink decaf coffee, decaffeinated coffee, on Pesach without Ashkacha. So one of the potential issues with decaf coffee is that it is soaked in a ethyl acetate, which the ethyl might come from uh, uh, might come from uh, ethanol, which could be kidneys or chametz, and therefore don't don't drink uh, decaf coffee unless it's special hashkacha for Pesach. The, the question is, everybody asks. Every single coffee roaster in America is producing regular coffee, and they're roasting decaf coffee. There's no difference. So, so you're telling me not to drink the decaf, but what about the regular coffee? How could I drink regular coffee? Meaning you're getting regular coffee beans, ground beans, whatever it is, it's being roasted on the same keli. So the truth is, it's not really much of a concern with the decaf coffee. That's the truth. But the uh, in Lamdus in, in uh, they say the following, that there's no liquid when, not coming in for your Keurig machine, but there's when, when they're roasting the beans at the roastery, there's no liquid. It's just dry beans being roasted hot in this keli. So the halacha is that a blia, the, de- the ethyl acid, it would be a blia on the decaf, would not go into the keli without roitif. Now, if you're making a, a coffee brew, that's a whole different story because you have roitif. This reason wouldn't help you. Other reasons, but not this reason. Now, the problem is that this only works when the food is not fatty, if the food is dry. But uh, french fries are fatty. So that, that's out. So I was thinking about that, that. That wouldn't apply here. The other thing I was thinking about was our sugar regarding microwave ovens and how they become trafe, what exactly happens here. So let's let's go one step at a time. When you when you look at a microwave oven, there's three different issues that might that might be that might be happening here. Number one, three three different concerns. The glass plate, let's assume you're in your office, that glass plate is trafe. So I have to make sure that there's no bleeds coming from my glass plate to my to my uh, food. Now that's very easy. You wipe it down and you put your food in a keli or on a paper towel or something like that where you don't have any transfer of bleeds. That's the easy part. The second issue would be, another ish, obvious issue would be ben. Microwave ovens are typically filthy. No one's cleaning them. And you have to make sure there's no ben. There's no actual residue of other food which, which would fall back into my food. But let's say you cleaned all of it there's still one last concern that the walls of the microwave oven are actually trafe. So there are different opinions. 
the most basic opinion, and that's the accepted opinion by most price schemes, is that a person should have a dedicated microwave for either for flashings or for milkshakes. And as we said with ovens, if you're going to use it for the other one, double wrap it. Here you don't have to be so so careful double wrapping it. So you just you know wrap it, make sure that the steam is not is not is not going out, or make sure that it's clean and just wrap it once. If the microwave oven is is clean and you wrapped it once, there's no zaya coming out. There's no zaya coming in. That'll be fine as well. Um, some say you can even kosher in between, although here you, you lose the svara of hefsid regarding koshering. When it comes to an oven, we said even though the minig is not to kosher back and forth, an oven is a hefsid maruba to get two ovens. A microwave oven, maybe for 50 bucks. That's, that's, not, that's not called a hefsid maruba. However, as we'll see, it might be just a chumrah, the fact that a microwave oven becomes treif with the following svara. So going off on a tangent here, going into Hashabbos and other parts of Yeridea, there's a concept called a klisheni. The Taisvis on Shabbos asks, how come a klirishon, there's a chiv, you know, there's a chiv of bishul on Shabbos and a klirishon, and a klisheni, there's no problem of bishul on Shabbos and a klisheni. He says, they're both hot. What's the difference? So he says, a terrorist that everyone knows, that klisheni defanois mekarois, the walls cool it off, and therefore, you have all different shatim, it loses the kayach habishal, whatever it is, the, the walls cool it off, and therefore it's no longer considered uh, able to cook, and there's no bishal in a klisheni on, on Shabbos, except for kali habishal, right? And, and Yoridea, the same thing would apply. So the way a microwave oven works is that the food gets hot, but the, the food is still being cooled off by... By, by the Kaylee. That's how some can want to say. This is a, a very big kula. Again, this is not the conventional way of learning it. When you're dealing with shallows of Bidiavid situations, you have to think about it. Is it really a Kleerishan here? The food is getting hot, but the Kaylee doesn't get hot. The Kaylee only gets hot from the food, but the heating element is not heating up the Kaylee. Still, why isn't it Ira Even if it's a Kaylee. Because Eroy is, they don't have the Fanais there. Ira Kleerishan is where you have a. Uh, you have a bottle of, you have, you have a pot of hot water and you're pouring it. There's no defanois makaros. There's nothing cooling it off, right? Here I have a keli that, that, that's cooling it off. Kozman, it's in the keli. The keli is actively cooling it off and fighting against the heat inside. Now, I, I hear what you're saying, that maybe the, the liquid itself becomes the heat source. And now the it's, it's called a klerishin, but you should know there is a svara out there that says that the Kaylee would only be, would only, would really only well, have. A, every era, just say every era, every era collision is going into a Kaylee. So you can't find a case where the era collision doesn't go into a Kaylee. No, so if you have Ero here, okay, you have, you're pouring hot meat, okay, and you had a piece of cheese hanging in the air, and before it wasn't the Kaylee, there's a connection. Well, so we always look at it as it's going straight into the piece of cheese in the Kaylee. I so if it hits the cheese before it hits the keli, so that's called irreclamation. Once it hits the keli, then it's the finest macarrois, right? And, and then you can put, you know, you don't do it, I'm doing it on purpose, but th then, then it's not the same level of bishop. Okay, again, this is not the accepted opinion. I'm just giving you, uh, you know, the intellectually honest part of the program, and that is that maybe this is not really considered a, a clerician, and therefore many parties can, at least on a Bidiava level, view microwaves in a much more lenient way than they would ovens. And some say, even if you want to tell me 
that the walls, uh, that, that the keli itself becomes a klirishan, but the walls are definitely defined as makaros. There, there's no heating element on the walls. It's not like it's attached to the, there might be some steam. Of course, there's steam going up, but by the time it hits the wall, the wall is, is cooling it off. It doesn't have this uh, level of heat. And therefore, on a Bidiyeva level, there might be what to rely on. But again, I think in our world, more so than ovens. I think people are a little more makele when it comes to ovens than microwave ovens. Probably for the reason that when you're microwaving something, just double wrap it, it will still be fine. You're not making the ladies, you're not making your cheesecake for shruis, and you're looking for coolers there. So I think for most of us, a microwave, it's best to, to uh, keep it as one. If you need to use it for the other one, let's say you use it for milkshakes, now you want to use it for flashics. So just clean out the microwave and wrap and wrap your flashics. Or if you're not interested in cleaning, double wrap your flashics and and it will be fine. I would just recommend that if you if you double wrap a container, you want to make some holes in the top of the container. Let's say you have a two-pound plastic container of soup. You make some holes in the top so that the air could escape, and then you cover it uh, not so tightly. So again, the zaya is not going to really go up, but you want to make sure just from a practical standpoint that you'll be able to enjoy your, your soup without blowing up the whole, the whole container. So just to review or just speak out four or five different shilas that we mentioned in the beginning of, the sh- of last week's share, and that is when it comes to Zaya, we are concerned, at least on Lechatchil level. I mean, the Zaya is going up, come out, everyone agrees, Zaya going up is going to be is going to be an issue. So we spoke about using spices for both milchiks and fleshiks, hanging the salami. So let's just go through a few of them in the next two minutes, just to make a sikum on this on this uh, sugya. A very important uh, uh uh, prerequisite for Zayah to be an issue, according to the Ramah, is it has to be Yatsalevis Bay. It has to be hot enough, called Yatsalevis Bay, without getting into the details, let's call it 120 degrees. If it's below 120 degrees by the time the Zayah is rising, that Zayah is below 120, it does not oscillate anything. And therefore, for most of us, adding spices to Chalant is probably, again, I'm using the word probably, it's probably not going to ruin anything. At that point, it's probably less than 120 degrees. Now, again, is it better to have separate spices or to pour it into your measuring cup and then put it in the chalant 100%? It's, you know, matayv manayim. But let's say you know someone that's not but on this. You should know that they probably have what to rely on the fact that the steam is not going to be above 120 degrees. That's why they used to have these hanging salamis or even the dish rack in these commercial kitchens where you have a dish rack on top of the counter. They put this big stock pot down, open it up, and the steam comes out. Usually it's not. Again, this is not a way a hashkacha would give a hashkacha or a yeshiva should set up their kitchen like that. Don't do that. Find other places to hang the spatulas and spoons. But on a bidiyeva level, typically the zaya is not going to be 120 degrees. I'll give you a few other examples. One of them would be an oven hood. The hood of an oven, do you have to kasher that, let's say, for Pesach? So that's much higher up, and therefore you just have to clean it well so nothing drops on Pesach. But we're not so concerned for, for zaya in that case, especially if there's ventilation there. If there's a, there's a vent that takes out all the all the uh, all the, sm- you know, the smells and everything of the kitchen. Additionally, you have a similar shallow regarding uh, warming lights. So you have this in restaurants. So the food is ready. It's on the counter, waiting for the servers to go serve it. So there's lights, light bulbs that keep it warm for a few minutes, so that people are not eating cold food. You have this by uh, your smorgasbord. You have a uh, carving station. The meat is on the cutting board. They want it to stay hot, so they have a heated lamp. On that, so by the carving station, it's not a shaila at all because there the lamp. Even if they use a tray for lamp, it wouldn't be a shaila because there the 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 zay that's going up is not going to be yatsel at this point. It's not that hot that meat, but every ashkacha would make sure that the lamps are kosher or, or clean at least. Um, 
and that would apply in in, uh, in hotels as well. I know many hashachas actually require that they have special lights. They don't allow them to use the caterer's lights. Other hashachas would simply have them wipe it down. And let's just assume everything's ain't a binyama. You're not doing a lechatchila, and it's clean, and uh, it's only a shiloh if it gets that hot. And who says it's going to come back down? So that's really where where uh, the zayas sugya comes into play. But for the most part, when it comes to outside the oven, most of the time zayas is going to be fine. Inside the oven, on a lechatchil level, we're going to be machmir. Let's try to kasher in between or do something that we don't run into, don't bang into this issue of zaya. In a microwave oven. I think the uh, the approach amongst most Paiskim is to be more machmer and, you know, it's cheaper to buy another one. Let's just double wrap things when we put them in there and not rely on any of these uh, coolers of klisheni and, um, you know, defanis and makarais. And let's just have either two separate microwaves or use it for one and double wrap it for for the other one.